grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. As I said at the outset of the service, today is the seventh Sunday of Easter. It is the last Sunday in the Easter season. There are seven in total. And I think for us who live here in a very northern climate, it seems kind of strange that when Easter comes every year, invariably there's still real cold weather Snowstorms. We've had plenty of snow since the Easter season started. It now feels like maybe spring is here for a little bit before we get something approximating summer. But this Easter season is seven Sundays for a reason. The first being that it was on the 50th day, Pentecost, which we will observe next Sunday, that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to his disciples. But that number seven has an important role to play in Holy Scripture. It's the number of completeness. It was in seven days that God made the heavens and the earth and humanity resting on that last seventh day. Complete work. The number seven in the book of Revelation is used over and over. For example, the Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to in the book of Revelation as the seven spirits. That spirit by which God's complete work of bringing us to faith happens. And so in this seven Sunday season of Easter, we rejoice in God's complete work of overcoming sin and death by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. That complete victory has bearing for you and me, of course. Because Christ lives, we know that we too shall live. But it also bears fruit for us here and now in this moment. In the season of Easter, we often draw the connection with baptism. Because it is in baptism where St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, do you not know that those of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into his death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Romans 6, 3-5. What Paul is saying is that in baptism, your life all of a sudden looks like the life of Jesus. Because you're joined to him. Your life is suffering, death, and resurrection. Just as it was for Christ himself. And that is effectively what St. Peter is saying in our epistle today. 
from 1 Peter 4 and 5. You, Christian, should expect your life to look like the life of Jesus. In that you will suffer, you will die, but then you will be raised. Peter puts it in these terms. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Peter reminds us as dear Christians to expect to suffer for the name of Jesus, even as Jesus suffered and died first. And the suffering that Peter is talking about is not the sort of things that happen because we live in a sinful, fallen world. You know, you get a flat tire on your car, or you lose your job, or you get a bad diagnosis from the doctor and have to receive further care for something. That stuff happens without discrimination to all people because the world is broken and fallen and sinful. Peter is talking about suffering for the name of Jesus. For what the word of God teaches. For what we believe and what we confess. And let's be frank, dear brothers and sisters, we have not begun to know yet what it truly means to suffer for the name of Jesus. Perhaps we get an inkling of it. We encounter hatred or resentment from people we know, social media, or maybe even within our own families for what we believe about marriage or the sanctity of human life or now today that God has made us male and female. It's not easy to say those things and stand for the word of God knowing you can endure Hatred, resentment, and rejection. Or, parents decide that they're going to make the worship of God's house a priority for their children, so they don't go to that Sunday morning practice for the sports team or game that happens on Sunday morning because they want to teach their children to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday as the first priority. And so that child ends up getting benched on the team because they didn't participate in practice when it happened on Sunday morning. That's the sort of thing we might encounter suffering for the name of Christ. Certainly Peter, and we have talked about this often, knew even greater suffering. Indeed, of those apostles that we named in the first reading that were there to name Matthias as the replacement for Judas... It's believed that all of them, save St. John, were put to death for confessing Christ crucified. Expect that it will be hard to bear the name of Christ. Expect that you will be rejected and reviled and insulted for the name of Christ. 
But Peter says, if you are, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Just like Jesus went through suffering and death and then resurrection, so the life of the Christian is one of suffering for the name of Christ, death either at the hands of those who hate us or natural death, but always for the Christian, followed by eternal glory. Being raised as Christ is raised. Our lives look like Jesus. That is what baptism means. That is what Easter means for you and me. And so Peter reminds us in the second half of our reading, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Ultimately, what's behind the suffering that we should expect to endure as Christians is the devil, Satan himself. Perhaps we find ourselves becoming more and more aware of just how insidious the devil's attacks are. Cast your anxieties on him who sent Jesus to die for you. Indeed, It could be a source of anxiety to try to figure out how to live as a Christian in the world today. How to be faithful. How to be loving. How to show compassion to those who disagree with you. Those who don't understand you. Cast it all on him who loves you, the one who has already crushed the head of the serpent on your behalf, Christ our Lord. In our gospel for today, we have what is referred to as Jesus' high priestly prayer. It's the prayer he offered to his father, before going to his own suffering, death, and resurrection. It's the prayer he offered on behalf of his disciples and all whom he has called out of the world. He offers a prayer on their behalf. And today, as we just sang in our sermon hymn, Christ sits at God's right hand. And why does he sit there? He is the priest who is there on our behalf. So in the middle of all the anxieties and worries and stress, 
of what it means to be a Christian who should expect to suffer in the world today, know this. The one who has already suffered, died, and been glorified, the one who endured the fieriest trials of all, and was glorified by the Father in his resurrection, he is on your side. He is at his Father's right hand for you. As Jesus says elsewhere, and as the apostles write, Jesus is our advocate to the Father. Jesus has his Father's ear for you. You, dear brothers and sisters, are on the side of the one who has already been glorified. The one who, as Peter reminds us, will bestow eternal glory on you. Because as we sing in a mighty fortress is our God, take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, the victory has been won. The kingdom, ours, remaineth. The victory is already won by Jesus Christ because he is glorified in his resurrection. And because his victory is won, yours is as well. Cast your anxieties on him. And remember that though this Easter season draws to its close for us for this year, that complete joy and promise of Easter extends in every season, in every moment. And covers our lives for all of eternity. Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection are yours. Fiery trials will be replaced by eternal glory. And it belongs to you through the one who is already glorified at the Father's right hand, Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.